What up, what up, what up? Thanks again for tuning in. This is The Activated Podcast, your boy Ibu. Uh, back again and uh, sitting across from me, and which is a funny thing. We just started a podcast literally 10 minutes in or three minutes. We realized I didn't press record, so we're back. <laughs> so we're doing it all over again. <laughs> we're going to try to redo this and uh, trying to recreate the same energy. But uh, sitting across from me, I have Stephanie Rebello, who uh, just put me on game, but she's a real estate broker and not just an agent. And... Um, and today we're going to learn. We're going to learn about uh, properties, buying, selling, and we are here to really... This is why I love doing what I do because we're going to educate listeners. We're going to put good information out there that could hopefully help a lot of people because uh, when I was going through my process of buying, it was the most stressful. I was right. telling my sister I didn't sleep for a month. It's very common. I yeah. did not sleep. <laughs> and then when you buy it, everybody's like, oh my God, you're, you're doing amazing in life. And I was like, this is not all... like." <laughs> I wish somebody could have saved me from all these things. So, right. um, we're just, you were just giving me the difference between what is a real estate agent and a broker. Right. So, um, briefly, I mean, uh, doesn't make too much of a difference unless you're operating a real estate brokerage. So I'm not a broker of record, but I operate as a real estate agent, but I have my broker's license. Um, I, I like to always challenge myself. I'm always taking, um, courses and trying to advance my knowledge in my industry. So hence the reason why I went for my broker's license. I feel it's a value add for my clients. Okay. And then, um, I can correct people and tell them that I'm a broker, not an agent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I mean, well, I mean, I did, I really didn't know it was a, it was a, I didn't know the difference or the, I mean, the intricate part of like a broker, whatever it is. So essentially what that means is you can have, um, a sort of like a firm where you have other right. agents uh, tied into exactly. So later on down the line, if right. I decide, you know, I grow a team and I want to open my own brokerage, then that would be at my fingertips. I would be able to do that. And I'm assuming that's also more money, right? Like because brokers. If you do it right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you do it the right way, yeah. Uh, so where should we start? Uh, I, you know what's crazy for me is that you know I sat down, I wrote a bunch of questions, and I and I posted it on um, on my Instagram, and I got a lot more questions. Mm -hmm. So hopefully those listening in the half sent questions, we get to answer your questions as we're having the discussion. Uh, and then at the end, I'll still go through the question to see if something that we missed, or we might just okay. real quickly just go through it again. Um, my first question that I want to ask is uh, this real estate crash that we keep speaking about mm -hmm. in Toronto. Is it happening? Is it not? Should we all sell our houses? <laughs> Should we? What's going on? If you could give us uh, a little bit of insight on that. Definitely. So that's a very good question. I think that's something that a lot of people talk about quite often. And I still hear people say, you know, I'm going to wait till the prices go down more and there's going to be a crash. Um, the reality is, is that the, the crash or the stabilization of the market has happened already. So our overheated super sellers market was the end of it was 2017. Um, 2018, when we were hearing all these numbers, like, oh, it's dropped 20%, 40%. Right. It was really just the stabilizing of the market. And uh, 2018's reported numbers were that of a normal, balanced, stabilized real estate market. But when comparing it to 2017, which is the anomaly year, 2017 right. is the odd year, not 2018, you know, there's obviously going to be a huge difference in numbers there, right? Which is causing everybody to panic. So in the 100 years of the real estate board, Toronto Real Estate Board, the market has never stabilized more than once. 
So now that it's stabilized, we're not going to see an additional dip and the prices are not going to continue to go down. Mm. Um, you know, we have to also consider that there's uh, over 100,000 people that immigrate to Toronto or the GTA area right. every year from all over the world. Um, and there's different numbers, you know, inside Canada, there's a couple hundred thousand more as well, from my understanding. And we have to remember that these people are not coming here like my parents did with, you know, $8 in their pocket. They're coming here with a lot of money. Some They're money, coming yeah. here prepared to purchase real estate. Um, so with the, keeping that in mind, you know, there, I think that it's, it's very wise to consider that our market is not going to go down. It's going to continue to gradually at a normal rate, hopefully increase over the years. So we shouldn't see that super sellers market for another 20 to 25 years because it's cyclical. Every 20 to 25 years, we have a super sellers market that ended in 2017. We're in a very balanced and stabilized market now. So we're good. Really? Yes. <clears throat> so I can it's stop stressing. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been stressing a lot about it. Don't stress. Um, just because I don't like... I, I bought a place or whatever, but right. this is not like where I'm going to live forever kind of thing. It was mm -hmm. just to give me an opportunity uh, to get in the market, whatever it was. But then again, I didn't even know I could have at the time when I bought. Is I literally saw a sign. And I was like, oh, 12000 could give me a house. Let me just go walk into it. Good and for see. you. And then uh, what came out of that was literally just the aftermath of like the realtor I had at the time. Like, no, you could do it. We could do this. And we put pieces together. So I've always like um, flirted with the idea like... Cause I see my neighbors selling theirs. I'm like, oh shit! Like I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Counting those numbers, <laughs> yeah, I'm right? Like, what that went up that fast? So I'm right. thinking like, if it is going up that fast, should I get out while I still can and make some money so I can maybe prepare for another purchase, or should I, you know, like is that uncertainty almost? But you kind of put me at ease with. That's good. I'm glad I put you at ease. You know, there's there's two kinds of markets, a good market and a great market. There's no such thing as a bad market in real estate. So mm -hmm. it's really about choosing wise investments. You have to keep in, in, in mind 95% of the world's most wealthiest people made their wealth in real estate, right? So I think it's about working with uh, the right people and making sure that whatever it is you are investing in is a wise investment. But uh, I don't, it's, it's hard to lose in real estate, especially in the GTA. And I think um, even, even pe some people I speak to, if they did make a purchase at the wrong time or for the wrong amount, uh, endurance will still get you out on top. So if you can maintain some way that property for a period of time, then you should still do well, right? It's, okay. it's sometimes it's about timing also, right? Now, what, what is that threshold? Like, what is this sweet spot in terms of holding on to that property? Is it two years? Is it a year? Or it's unpredictable kind of thing? It depends on the type of property, okay. right? Um, so there's pre-construction. There's, you know, there's resale, freeholds, commercial properties, all different kinds. I think depending to where in the city you are will have an impact on that decision as well. Um, they say generally people, you know, a mortgage term is usually five years right. and people generally sell within three years or they make some type of move, whether that's due to separation or upsizing, downsizing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think generally speaking, it's usually a couple of years, at least three years. But 
I think it depends on your investment and your real estate expert should be able to tell you when you're purchasing, that should be part of the conversation is, you know, <laughs> really? are you, yeah, I think so. You know, are like, you intending you just, to keep this? You just this? got my realtor fired. <laughs> well, I know a really good one. <laughs> just in case. No, I'm just joking. I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. But I mean, there's a lot of things that we yeah. have to discuss. So sometimes even I, you know, everybody, there's something maybe at times that we overlook, right? I think your real estate agent did the best possible thing for you and pushed you into the purchase. Um, we all need a push sometimes. It's a yeah. very scary thing to purchase it and is, to yeah. sign the dotted line on such a big purchase. But um, it's the best thing you could have ever done, right? And now you're in a much better position. Now you're you're gonna sell. You're gonna buy something else. Like mm. you're in the game now, right? And that's you gotta you gotta be in the game to play the game. So it's I you know the realtor did good. Your realtor did good. But <laughs> like, I think, <laughs> but but I do think that you know um, when I do speak to my clients, that's part of the conversation. Is is this a short term investment or a long term investment? Okay. Because um, that also determines your purchasing negotiation strategies, right? If it's uh, purely an investment, then there should be no emotions involved and we should be, it should be just based on numbers, right? Whereas if it's a, a long-term, you know, you plan to grow a family there, you're not going to sell for 10, 15 years, then that gives us a little bit more room. When you fall, fall in love with a property, what's paying five or $10,000 more right. and mortgaging that, which is going to be minuscule in your payments to get the home that you love, your dream home, that you're going to stay in 10 to 15 years, it's not going to make a difference, right? right? Your equity that you grow over that time is going to be tenfold. So mm. that's that's what I mean by that. If that clarifies things, a bit. It, it, I mean it does. <laughs> it does. I'm just I'm just thinking. Um, I can see the wheels are turning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we, I haven't even started going through the question I even got, but it's just interesting. As you were talking about that too, I got to thinking. Like I know purchasing property the best thing in terms of investment and things like that. What about like the FOMO that people get, like fear of missing out, of not mm. being in the market, and then you go into it like very unprepared. Because like I was saying, for me, like I did the homework. And shout out to my realtor, he's, he's great. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of times it was me saying, no, nah, no, nah, like why can't we do it this way? Why can't we do... Like even going into it, like I got... um Before I was pre-approved kind of thing, um, work with a mortgage broker uh which i knew he wasn't as smart as he indicated to be <laughs> because he told me oh yeah you could do like x amount of number and i was just like how'd you figure that out like how mm -hmm. could you tell if i even have the means to afford this so i i went out did my own numbers i went on whatever because these calculators are available people you could go and right. crunch your numbers and be like can i pay fifteen hundred dollars a month like you a already did one on my website, by the way. Oh. <laughs> <It's a plug. laughs> See, I didn't know. I would... <laughs> I'm just yes. joking, but go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah. which is good, right? These That's are just good. simple to the people that know. So after I reassessed and I did that, and I was like, no, I'm not doing that number you gave me because it it's makes, not affordable. It right. makes no sense. Like, I'll just be paying for a mortgage and be sad House kind of poor, thing, yeah. right? Um, so I went back and then, then I told him, oh, can we find this in my price range? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we could, but... I, it's one of those when you're not prepared, like sometimes they don't give you because obviously maybe sometimes they're looking at it. Obviously, the more you buy, the more commission and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so people that are uh, like, what are the things that somebody that's even thinking about a purchasing a property? What is if you have to break it down to like, here's a list of five things that sh you should definitely do mm -hmm. before you even think about it. What would you suggest? Or advise, I should say. <clears throat> well, I think it's very important that the people that you're working with, your realtor and your mortgage advisor, 
are people that you trust and that maybe it's wise to interview these people and see, you know, based on conversations, like you said, you know, this is the age of, of uh, information. So everything is at our fingertips online. So good for you for doing your own research. Right. But it's true. There's a lot of people who get caught up with people who maybe don't have their best interests at heart and will push them into something that they can't afford. So um, getting pre-approved for a mortgage is always number one when you're when you're trying to purchase. And I think, you know, um, the second thing would be also understanding your own financing or maybe that's first is understanding your own finances to see what you can actually afford based on your lifestyle. Because the the last thing that you want to do is purchase a house and then you can't live your life. You can't go for <laughs> yeah, dinner. <laughs> and you know, we're the generation. That was the scary part for me. It's like, what? Like if I'm paying X amount of money, like it, it, it definitely would not make me happy. So I was just like, no, no, I need to operate at a sweet spot. And also I was thinking for me, um, I mean, I, I do okay uh, in terms of the job that I currently have. But I always think about what if I give, I lose the job. Right. Because I've been fired twice. So I, I know not <laughs> to like hold on to things. And I've always right. kind of prepared ahead. Now, if, you, if I do stay for 10 years, great. Like, I, I'm not going to complain. But what if that doesn't happen? Could I quickly get a, I don't know, factory job just to kind of get back on my feet? How would that look like in terms of affording mm-hmm. it? That was the biggest key for me. Uh, well, good for you. You seem like a very smart guy. I, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, try, I like. I, I don't. For me, it's like being modest. I, I'm just like. I, I just don't take people information yeah. for what it is. It's like you give me information, right. then you I'm gonna go back and, and and vet it and, and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Well, nothing's uh, certain in this life, right? That's the only thing we do know for sure. Right. So it's good to always have a backup plan. Having savings, you know, don't spend everything that you have on your purchase, right? You should have some kind of nest egg because. Um, that's another thing too. You never know if God forbid you lose your job or something happens or there's a major expense. Uh, you want to make sure that it's not detrimental to you, right? It doesn't yeah. absolutely financially ruin you. So being f- fiscally responsible is very important when you're purchasing a home. And, um, there's a lot of things out there that can help you get to that point. If, if you need help with that, because before you purchase, it's a, it's a wise, otherwise you get in over your head then you resent the property, you hate the property, and then, you know, you (laughs) might end up losing the property, God forbid, right? So all these things have to be, if you buy it, you want to try and keep it, right? Until you decide that. Now, what are some of the red flags when you sit sit down with a client and then you already meet, because obviously you've seen so many scenarios, what is one thing that jumps out at you the first thing like, nah, I don't, do you like go ahead and blankly just say to like, you know what, maybe you should wait? Um, or well, do you try to like, I, I feel like you would like break it down in, in a nice way. <laughs> I would, I would, <laughs> no. I would, I would for sure. I What's mean, a red flag to you? Like somebody brought to you, oh, I want to do this. And you're like, this is not going to work. Well, I love real estate. Real estate excites me. And I think it's, uh, it's exciting when other people talk to me about real estate. So whenever, but whenever anybody expresses interest in purchasing real estate, whether I'm their agent or not, I get excited right. for them. Right. So I would never say to somebody, don't do it. I would, I would never <laughs> say, you know, um, crush their dream, but I would maybe ask questions to see if they're prepared. And I think that the major thing is being fiscally responsible, right? Um, understanding your finances. And I think, uh, the biggest challenge for a lot of people today is savings, right? Is having the down payment. So I think the biggest red flag is when somebody says to me, oh, I really want to 
purchase real estate. And I'm like, that's amazing. Let's, you know, <laughs> tell me more, you, you know, got? how much you got. And then they either don't have anything or, um, they have a, a smaller amount that might not necessarily be able to get them something reasonable in the GTA. Right. But even then still, there's always, you know, I'm very creative. I'm, I'm solution based type of person. So, you know, then the conversation starts, you know, that's what the baby boomers are for, right? That's how every, a lot of people in our generation are purchasing properties now is because of their parents. So, you know, you say, do you have any help? Do you have support? Is there maybe a family member that will purchase with you, right? So joint um, ownership is a big thing now too. So as we, as we sort of go down this path of how people just see purchasing real estate as so unaffordable, which is not necessarily the case, right? Which we can touch on um, um, in more depth. But, yeah. you know, um, a lot of people have this, you know, perception that, oh, it's so, it's impossible to purchase real estate. Well, it's not. There's so many different avenues to get you to your goal. Um, and so that's one of them. Sometimes you have to go in with somebody else who's willing to say, hey, I really want this too. I have this much, you have this much, let's see what we can get together, right? right? As opposed to just trying to do it alone, so. What about uh, somebody saying they're going to borrow their down payment? What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) They have no money, they're going to, because I've I've also seen the scenario where you, people borrow uh, their down payments. Oh, borrow it. Yeah, borrow it through like oh, private. Oh, I thought you said something else. I was, I was oh. like, oh, I've never heard <laughs> no, that like, term before. Like borrow it and then, okay. and then obviously then the mortgage goes through. Now you got to make payments and you're down payment. Uh, Ooh, would that's you recommend, risky. Would you recommend that at all? Well, you let, let me get your opinion on Do you think that's fiscally responsible? Uh, no. If you can't pay it back. I mean, if, okay, so let's say... If you're in a commission-based environment, right. sometimes people are able to make lump sum payments or they can say, hey, you know what? I know I'm going to do this or right. I know I have a bonus coming at the end of the year. I can pay you back. Maybe that's a different situation. But, you know, in today's uh, financial climate, in the lending world, it's extreme. It, you know, they've tightened the reins so much that it's very difficult to qualify for people with great credit and high income, you know, because they've raised the ratios, right? Right. So if you are overextended, let's say, and then you have to borrow the down payment, it's already very expensive to live, right? So I think that would be putting you in a very difficult position. And that's not something that I would recommend. But then again, you know, everybody's situation, I think, is unique. So that would have to be a conversation, I think, like for that case by case, basis, case by yeah, case, okay. for sure, for sure. But because I, I know sometimes they just they make it sound simple, like oh no, you could just do this and then do that and borrow it and give it back. And because uh, I, I, I've I've had people that I know in the kind of similar situation right. when they borrowed it, and now it just the upkeep of that. Well, you're just gonna pay interest. Yeah, in like you're, principal, you're right? paying four or five thousand a year in interest, and oh, that's yeah, the loan is not moving at all. Well, eventually, that's going to send you to sell your property. I mean, eventually, you're not going to be able to afford it. As everything increases around you, you know, and that payment is still there, and you haven't paid down any of the principal, eventually, you're not going to be able to sleep at night. And you're going to say, you know what, just... I want it all to go away, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just make it disappear. Hopefully, you you come up in terms of selling your property. Oh, yeah. If not, then you're kind of screwed. 
Yeah, that's the sad part, right? So that's why I, I wouldn't, like, I because I'm so excited about real estate, I want other people to be excited too. And I want it to be an experience that you can maintain yeah. and that you can grow. So, you know, it, it's not the last transaction that you ever purchase and it's not a financial ruin for you. In the end, it, it levels you up. It takes you to the next level. And then you say, you know what, Steph? I'm ready for the next one. And can we refinance and leverage some equity from this property? I want to pick up something else. You know, that sort of thing, right? Where it it, it grows your interest for real estate. Yeah, that, that, actually, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, at what point do you recommend in terms of like when you have, let's say, even a rental property, you want to refinance and then buy another one? Um, I've had the conversation as well. I'm... I'm already, I feel like this is one is already too much for me. <laughs> I'm like, really? So yeah. uh, what do you recommend for people to want to do that? Because usually people are like, oh, you could just take 50000 out of your current property and then put it in one and then continue to go. But my only thing is, how do you even get it through? Because unless your income increase, you're still, like now you're doubling your 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 debt and your ratio might right. not go through but I, I see people do it all the time is there is there a secret to that or um i wouldn't say there's a secret but you know you'd have to definitely run the numbers make sure it makes sense and there are some lenders that will take uh 50 or more of that rental income from your rental property and offset it so that's oh. how people qualify so although uh you would be still on the hook for two mortgages um they let's say you that's properties one of the properties is being rented and right. you have intentions of renting the other property or you're going to live there um they can use that as offset they'll offset that okay that amount so that it'll go into the income. which is okay. what usually helps people to qualify right but remember there's people with four or five you know investment <laughs> that, properties that, that's what i was like oh or more i mean yeah. like great for them but you know it's very common now for investors in toronto to have at least four investment properties so it's very possible um now let, i, I want to ask you for for people right now and uh outside looking in what is the easiest way to get in toronto's market currently what would be if there is which i know there's nothing easy really that's right <laughs> but what would be the simplest maybe if i could rephrase it like that um i think i think it's very important to have an open mind mm -hmm. uh to think long term and to just get in i find that having conversations you know with um with different people who are interested in real estate yeah sometimes their expectations and it's funny because on instagram you know like as a realtor <laughs> we follow these like real estate humor pages yeah. and it's really funny because it what one of them i saw the other day was a picture of you know the the buyer's idea of what they're going to purchase which is like this big crazy chandelier <laughs> and then what they can really afford and it's like a hanger with two light bulbs <laughs> so it's like you know i think it's it's very important to keep an open mind and to realize you know getting into the real estate market is is the biggest and most important step right um location and 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 what it is and all those kinds of things i believe are not as important right um the most successful people i know that have developed the, the most diverse book of real estate is people who are willing to take a chance to move somewhere maybe out of their comfort zone for a while, right? Yeah. So a couple years of discomfort in, a, in an area in the GTA that is more up and coming 
will will give you way more return on your original investment than if you say, oh, well, I want to be from such and such area. I want to live in such and such area. I want this type of home. Right. I don't want a townhouse. I want a detached <laughs> freehold. You know, I mean, it's great yeah. to have aspirations, but, right. you know, I, you know, everyone starts somewhere, right? I started in a condo, then we went to a townhouse three-story, then we've moved into, you know, so it kind of takes time to to grow, right? Yeah. And I think that's important for people to understand is that you got to start somewhere yeah. and be realistic and just get your foot in the door. And remember that, you know, you can purchase something, it might not be your dream house, but, you know, you do the little renovations at your time and when you can afford it. And then, you know, three to five years, you sell the property, you make your equity, you move closer and closer to that, so to that you, dream it's property. It's funny you brought it up. I'm laughing in my head because uh, I remember when I was, once again, I can only use me as an example because I'm the only person, I mean, this is as good of... Um, experience that I've had. So when I was looking for houses, people tell, oh, why are you only buying one bedroom? I was like, do you know how much houses... <laughs> like, that was my first question. Right. Do you have an idea what these things cost? Even right. for one bedroom, uh, upwards of like 400000 and things like that. So that that gave me an indication. Like, most people either don't even understand how these things work or they have never seen a calculation of what a mortgage payment right. is. Right? So I, I, I started very small, like, because I'm like, okay, you know what? If I can afford 400000 Put me at two fifty, right? Like that was, and that's how I kind of did it. Um, and then now, when you're looking at it, like I see people that not willing to compromise, right? They mm-hmm. they want the first purchase to be a house. And I always tell people, well, what's wrong with a condo? Like you live in an apartment building your whole life, so you've got like <laughs> right, you're, exactly you're, you've taken. You know, it's exactly. if you're coming from a for me from an environment where like you grew up in a house, you kind of accustomed to that. But even me, I have. I'm like. Give me what I can afford, kind of thing. Or you get people that like move so far away, like literally two hours away, um, and then it makes then you're paying all that cost just to, to come commute. back to work. Right. Um, what What is the most important factor? Like, because I know you spoke about the GTA. Like, would you recommend somebody, for example, that works downtown Toronto, to buy a house, let's say Guelph? Well, that's the thing. So the GO train is expanding all over and making all of these out-of-town places more accessible. Mm -hmm. And the prices there are going up too. So, I mean, I think uh, it really depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Some people I've found from my experience are absolutely not willing to compromise travel. Location is key. Yeah. Where and and so they'll say, you know what, I'll live in, uh, you know, one bedroom condo, no amenities in the building. I don't care. I just have to live in this block, Closer, yeah, okay. right? Uh, whereas other people are like, you know what, I have to have a freehold. I need a garage. I need this. I need that. So I don't care how far I have to go. This is what these are my boxes. Okay. So definitely dependent on the purchaser for sure. Um, but there's no way where you would suggest, like, you know what, maybe it's. Is. Oh, I always make suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> they don't always listen, but I always make suggestions. Yeah. You know, like I tell people uh, all the time, like, you know, maybe my favorite places to invest or, you know, do this or do that. But, you know, I think, too, a lot of t- a lot of the time, the people who say, oh, you know what, if I, 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 I would never live in a condo, I would never live in a townhouse. I, you know, it has to be detached freehold. To me, there's an underlying fear of purchasing altogether. So they kind of use that as an excuse. And that's fine. I mean, 
ten years from now, they're gonna they're gonna say, "Shit, I should have bought when <laughs> that condo bought. was four hundred fifty thousand. Now that same condo is seven hundred fifty thousand, right. and then it's really unrealistic, you know." So, I think sometimes people project those things on people who are actually doing stuff because of their own fear of of doing those things themselves. So. Yeah, I, I've never. I honestly didn't understand the stigma. Condos, some are nice. I understand with the sometimes the space restriction, but my only fear when I was looking at condo was the condo fees. That's the first thing that I looked at. Right. It was like, okay, if it's eight hundred dollars, this is way too. Like that's kind of I gauge it, not so much of uh, whether it was a condo. I was just only looking. And that's at a very realistic concern. Yeah. That is uh, something that I always discuss with my clients. Like I don't think I would ever. I never have. Uh, you know purchased a property i think with a, a, a maintenance fee of 900 or 800 it's gonna keep going up yeah. right i mean obviously is dependent on size right but um for those older condos and it's you know if it's not 2,000, 3,000 square feet or whatever you know you don't want to be paying such a yeah, uh, it's, absurd it's, it's almost <laughs> it's, it's usually indicative of yeah. some type of management issue where they're not managing the finances properly which means that you know there could be increases again in the future or there could be costs um billed to the owners of the condos mm. that you'll have to pay in order to repair things so those are very important um and all things that your realtor should should, should be able to tell you. you um renting versus owning are we all destined? <laughs> Once again, I have this conversation with people all the time. Right. Like, we're so bad about renting. Like, why do we uh, put so much? Now, I only I only look at numbers when it comes to renting and owning. Uh, I, I, and I always tell people, I might be wrong, but this is just my perspective. Is like, I'd rather save $500 a month and put it in a mutual fund mm -hmm. and live a, a decent life than to not have any money and paying a mortgage every month. But but then again, that's just how I, that's just my perspective on the whole thing. Because for me, more than money, I think it's what people underestimate is the pressure and the stress that these things right. impose on you. I think we, we seem to think we could put a price on it because it does sound great when somebody say oh i just sold my property and i made two hundred thousand, right mm -hmm. like that's the that's the great part of the story but then this person has been mentally impacted for two years to me it's not worth it but what from your perspective maybe my perspective sucks but. no no it doesn't i think but but you also have to consider you yeah. do own real estate um, so yes. you can say that, right? But you also are the owner of a piece of real estate. So I feel like I, I started feeling like that once I purchased. <laughs> right. Before, like honestly, I'm I'm that saying has been very true to me after I purchased. So it was easier for you to understand. Yeah, because like, now I was like, yeah, this thing is not like this is all I, like. This is the the thing about this whole thing is like people. We, uh, going into it, like, I think I was informed and even to, I feel like I knew so much more mm -hmm. through even we, me, my dad, um, being on the property or whatever it was. So I kind of had a glimpse, but I just know that like that, sh the, for me, that stress factor might not sometimes be worth whatever it is at the end that we think that we get. But so sometimes we can think or feel that way. Um, I'm sure you know what my stance is on <laughs> renting versus owning, but I would say that um, I, I think that, you know, nothing worthwhile is easy, right? 
Uh, so yeah, there is a lot of stress that comes with it. There's big things there's happened. There's, and it's interesting because even though I've been, um, operating in real estate for many years, it's, it's only really, I guess, as I grew older myself, um, that I really started to, to see the benefit of real estate. It's, it's really interesting because all this time, you know, you're selling real estate and you're doing all these things in real estate, but it really started to ring true to me as I saw the shift in gradually seeing all of these baby boomers sort of cashing on, on their property. And it was, it's kind of, uh, it made it really real for me to say, now I get it. Like now I really get it because I, I agree with you. I could, I would always say, you know, the stress, the pressure that, you know, you're saving all this money. And then just like that, all that money's gone, right? You sign a piece of paper and that money that took you so much to save is gone. And then what do you have to show for it? Like a tenant that calls (laughs) you all the time. That's probably what you're thinking, right? You're like, I, I, why did I do this? Right. Right. So like, I get it. But like I said, you know, nothing worthwhile is easy. And then also, that, that to me became the truest thing. And that's just like my personal, you know, like off real estate record opinion is really, that's when I saw it ring true is that these baby boomers who had worked their entire life, mm-hmm. paid their mortgage every, every, every month and did all these things, maintained their property. Now we're selling their home mortgage free and had a million dollars in the bank or had 500,000 or $700,000 in the bank. Right. right? And I think that, as as time goes on it's becoming more and more real that that's probably going to be our generation's only retirement nest egg if we purchase property if we're able to make that decision because you know they have these conversations all the time that our generation it's it's very difficult for us to save they call us the generation of the avocado toast right you know like our parents you know starbucks <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard that, yeah. right starbucks and avocado toast it's like you know avocado is like six dollars you know like <laughs> you're eating that every day or like starbucks every day right like my my parents never ate out like my parents cooked every single day right. you know we eat out we're like this this generation of just spending, spending, spending. And then we wonder why we can't save any money. So, uh, I know it's challenging for me too. And also we have this lifestyle we want to maintain, right? Right. The shopping and the eating out and the, this and everything's so easy to spend money. Um, and it's not that easy to save. So if we commit to purchasing real estate, it's kind of like, you know, you set it and forget it. Even if you have to deal with the tenants and this and that, those are really going to be sort of a retirement nest egg for you or you know if you decide to get up and leave the country you know sell your condo take your three hundred thousand dollars and move to italy or something you know like you have that okay right so it's kind of you know and and also there are so many solutions for everything let's say you did want to leave the country there's property management companies that can run your property for you for a cost or whatever but once you make that initial investment the possibilities are endless right you can take that money and you can you can take that equity and invest it in a startup company that will yield you something right. in less return or in a development or in something. Right. But really it just opens up the possibilities for you. So, um, renting versus owning, I'll always choose owning, of course, <laughs> okay. as, as stressful as it might be. And I'll agree with you. You know, it's funny. I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day 
And we were saying, just like how you were saying, do people even know the numbers? Like, do they even... <laughs> do they realize what and it is? Yeah. That's exactly what we were talking about, is like, it's so easy for people to see, oh, you own this or you own that, but they don't realize how the work that goes into it, like yeah. what you went to to save that money for the down payment, the sacrifices that you made, the compromises that you made when you really wanted something, but you're like, no, you know what? I have this goal and it took you years to achieve that down payment. Yeah. And then just like that in two seconds you sign the paper the money's gone and it's like oh my god what did i just do you know but and that's why i get so excited when people purchase i don't care if i was your real estate agent or not i'm yeah. like congratulations i give them a hug i'm like i'm so happy for you that's Did so you exciting really, yeah. because i know what it takes to get there yeah. and it's it's not easy so i think it's a huge achievement so i'll always choose owning over renting but that being said there is some value uh, in renting at times, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you could own property. I, I would always say to own property. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to own where you live. So that's like a sort of a bigger conversation. But yeah, renting versus owning, I'll always say owning. But renting is still a good option in some scenarios. Um, but definitely own something first. Yeah, I mean, the fact that... I the fact that you mentioned the retirement thing now, I'm, uh, maybe you changed my perspective See? a little bit because, uh, yeah, that's true. Like, how will we retire kind of thing if we don't have... Think about it. Now, do you think that we're going to be able to get that million like the last generation did? Yeah. Because we're buying at so, such a high price already. Will we be able to have it turn around where you can net uh, the million dollars or whatever number high enough to, to give you that that room for well think about it even if you don't like you know in 20 years from now mm -hmm. right your mortgage should be paid off right right or close to it right so if your property's worth 600,000 that's 600 in your bank or 400 in your bank account okay. right that's assuming that you're fiscally responsible and you haven't overextended yourself because unfortunately some people use their homes as a bank account and they think, well, this is my money. Well, actually, it's not your money. <laughs> it never <laughs> was your money, <laughs> right? It, this is leveraged money in the first place, yeah. right? So all you're doing is, you know, leveraging the equity on the property that's not there yet, right? So if you overextend yourself on the property, then when you sell the property, you'll have nothing, which happens sometimes, right? So um, as long as you're fiscally responsible, and not eating too many avocados, maybe you'll make it. <laughs> and then you'll, whatever the property's worth, yeah. maybe even if it's not a million dollars, like give me $500,000 in my bank account when I retire, I'm happy, yeah. right? Um, but, but yeah, so I think, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, that, no, that does it. That, um, now, the, the other thing that I was wondering, um, when you're trying to, like, how do you, pick the neighborhood like what is the first criteria if you want to buy a house what is the first thing that you look at do you look at uh the size do you look at the neighborhood i've, I've just mentioned i'm not a fan of outside the gta even if that means i get something tiny i'd rather mm -hmm. be in the gta uh just because even when i was commuting from here to downtown from brampton it was like 400 a month this was like in 2012 right so i can only imagine what but that is so even though you might get something bigger and cheaper further away, but I feel like you're paying all that in cost. But it's also, you know, like what kind of life are you going to live? Right. You're spending two hours, three hours a day in traffic. Yeah. I mean, some people are OK with that. Some people are not. So it's definitely a choice. I would say uh, budget is everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first do thing. You, do you live by a budget? 
Do you, I? Yeah. Did you really need to ask me that question, Ibu? <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> <I'm, laughs> um, me, I, I no, not not. I'm 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 trying to. Uh, you see me stuttering now. <laughs> like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, I that's a goal of mine. Yeah. I think for sure. Um, you know, in in the major ways, I'm fiscally responsible, but I know that I could be much better. So. Yeah you know, monitoring those spendings and those, those different types of things that come up, I can do much better at. So I don't necessarily live by a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope to be a little bit more budget friendly <laughs> in the months to come. <laughs> I'm the same way. I mean, and just even as a sign, I, I, when I realized when, when I, when I was buying and then then it was like, oh, you need X amount of money. I was like, whoa, dude. So I started to go into like different accounts. Oh, this is, oh, I didn't know there was this. My thing that I would suggest to people is do the saving where they take the money right off your 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 check. Like you right. don't you don't see it. And then every six months, like I would get a whatever, a statement saying, Oh, you You're have like, oh, wow. X amount of money in my table and things like that. So this is how Big I time. gather my funds. Cause I also can't do the budget thing. Like I'm saying, I'm responsible, like I pay the bills and things like that. But like to be there and be like, oh, no, this week I'm only going to spend X amount of money on this. Um, it will be very hard for me. Right. Do you have it? Is there any, what is an advice that you would give somebody that, that, that wants to save? Let's say they, because I also hear like people want to save. Oh, I'm saving until I get enough money to buy. But I always say, well, figure out what Are you, you have now yeah. <laughs> and see if there's something right. attainable within that. Because the more you wait, the higher uh, the prices get. Big time. And that happens a lot to my clients, actually. So, you know, um, they will start a conversation, you know, three years ago and they'll say, yeah, I'm going to buy. I want to buy. I really want to buy. No problem. And then I'll call them every periodically like, you ready yet? Like, let's go shopping. Yeah. No, I'm going to wait a little bit. And I think the price are going to come down. And then, you know, we talk about statistics and I tell them what's going on in the market. I'm like, listen, don't wait. You know, not only is the prices going to go up, but the it's going to get harder to qualify. Right. Yeah. And so unfortunately for some people, um, it's happened to them where they've been sort of pushed out of the market. Uh, but, you know, now they have to work a little bit harder to get back in. I don't think anything's ever impossible but if i was to give advice to anybody in terms of saving Mm -hmm. i think that's what you said is a great piece of advice is is save without even having to save you know get that automatic transfer and if you're really serious about it then you have to you have to budget right yeah it's it's very difficult for most people who are working a nine to five to to be able to afford to live period. Cause I know it's just expensive. Like everything is expensive <laughs> everything, now. Yeah. Like I go to the grocery store and I'm like, what the, the same thing, you know, it's funny because when you talk about our childhood, you go, remember when like you could go to the <laughs> store with 25 cents and, and buy candy. Yeah. It's like now I'm doing that from two years ago. Like, yeah. do you remember when this jar of sauce was five yeah. 99 and now it's nine 99. I'm like, this is it's $10 for tomato sauce. Like yeah. this is crazy. You that know, is crazy. so <laughs> I, I understand that it's extremely expensive to just live. So maybe it's more and more important now to budget and I think it's, it's going to cost some sacrifices if what? for sure. In today's market, what's a good down payment? What is uh... a... <laughs> I mean, okay. obviously, it depends on... I'll on... put it... The easiest way to do it is this, okay? Right. To be on the safe side, you should have at least 10% down. 
So you can still purchase with 5% down, but it's very, very difficult because um, you need to have outstanding credit and your income needs to be strong and your debt ratios have to be able to support the qualifying rate of five point whatever percent, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, also it'll be an insured mortgage, which means that it has to go through the insurers, which means it will be scrutinized twice, not just by the lender, but by the insurers as well. So now you have a second set of eyes saying yes or no, because it's very common that the lender will say yes, but the insurer will say no, and then there's no deal. So uh, 10% is still insured, but um, it's still insured, but uh, it gives you a little bit more wiggle room. So 10% of anything is easy to calculate, right? 300,000, 30,000, 400,000, 40,000. Yikes. Right? <laughs> Those are some. Yeah. Uh, also, as now that you brought it up, thank you for reminding me. Because uh, when I was buying, that was before they, they put in the, um, I think at the time, if you put more than 20%, not insured. Is this still the case? Like, Because I know now whether you put, well, I don't know, I'm, but I'm asking. Even if you put 20%, does it still has to go through... Um, do you still have the qualify? Sorry, let me start this over. So I know before, uh, less than 20%, you have to qualify for the higher, uh, the benchmark Correct. interest rate. Right. And they the passed some, 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 some laws that even if, uh, you put 20%, you have to qualify for that benchmark, even though you'll be paying most likely a lower rate. Right. Uh, so having 20%, does it make a difference now? Like, is it a thing or does it? Yeah, for sure. Because also your payments will be less. So the insurer always adds to your mortgage, okay. right? So if it's under 20%, you're paying a premium to the insurer mm -hmm. to insure that mortgage. It's amortized into your mortgage. So you won't really see it, but you're still paying that additional 15,000 or whatever. Right? right. So if you're getting a 20% down mortgage, then you're eliminating that right? Which means your payments will be less. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's not insured, but the, you, you still, still have to qualify. Have, you have to qualify for the five, yeah, whatever the best. You still have okay. to qualify. For now. Hopefully they change the rules, but for now. That's How did you feel about that? I felt like that was a little bit. Well, I think that's crazy because even if you're putting 50% down, you yeah. still have to qualify Which at the makes... qualifying rate. So any mortgage basically now, right? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I guess I, they have their reasons for doing it. Not a, not a fan. I think they really tried to kill the real estate market and I don't understand why. I think it's, I guess I understand why. I know why they did that, yeah. but I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm me, like some of these prices were at, at some, I mean, it, it was even now, every once in a while I will look, mm -hmm. uh, like I'm saying, cause I have plans of maybe, uh, moving up right. and, and maybe buying, Go for one to two bedroom, or I, yeah. I'll take one in the <laughs> right. den. To be honest yeah. with you, as long as the number makes sense, I'm not so keen on like, um, like big spaces because I know also big houses just mean bigger maintenance. It just means bigger. You're so smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're so smart. No, that's what, to oh me, my I'm God. like, why don't you people? For example, right? And I always take this as an example. When I was looking for these mine, are things a lot of people don't think about, though. <laughs> which is crazy. You'd be surprised. When I was when I was going through and I was looking at one bedrooms, but eventually there'll be like a one in a den that would pop into my budget, and then we'll go visit. And then there was always like a couple and like two kids, right? So then I was like, well, if they could do it, right? Why right. can? Why do I have to like have a bedroom for every single one of my kids? Right. And I always tell people, especially if you don't have kids or if you have small children, 
I feel, then again, I don't have kids. This is just me thinking outside the box or whatever. Your kids could probably have a bunk bed till they about four or five, till they right. start to like pull each other, whatever. Then, but at least you got five years to build equity. Right. And now you can pick them up and move on. But uh, no, people don't want to compromise. They want the house right away. And it's, it's, but it's a lot of work. It's scary. I, you know, I, even before I moved into the, the house I'm in now, when I would tell older, wiser women what I was getting myself into, they'd go, why? Why would you do that? And here I am, you know, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like so excited for this, you know, big, huge house that I'm going to move into. But now it's like, unless you're a stay at home, like even then, even if you're a stay at home wife, it's a lot of work. It's like, it's daunting. Like sometimes I just walk into the kitchen. I walk right back out. Like (laughs) I can't even, it's just, it's everywhere you look. It's, it's work. Even shoveling and shoveling snow with the, Oh, exactly. I was taking a video and and I was sending it to my friend. Oh, this is for you guys. that want to own a house. Look how much I I literally spent three hours outside shoveling. It's, it's, it's insane. (laughs) You know, it's insane. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a, a, a key piece is that, you know, the, everything, everything goes comes more and more and more yeah. when you get bigger now I, I want I want maybe if you can explain to us a little bit about um, the Canada bank uh, standard rate that they I don't know the, the good term for it you might be able to help me out mm-hmm. but uh, the benchmark rate that they set for bank from Bank of Canada right um, at the time because we were supposed to do this maybe last month or so when I was looking into that like that rate went up I believe three or four times last year. Right. Um, and reason why, and now, and I tell people that also is once you buy a house, you're you're literally watching the news because you want to understand. Because yeah, right. uh, now I'm thinking because I got a great rate when I came in. Uh, I think it was like two point five or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now I know that like at my renewal it's gonna go up because rate have gone up already. Uh, so I'm like anticipating. Okay, maybe it's time to get out or whatever it is. Uh, is this is. Are we set on the bankroll? Do you think they'll they'll increase that as well? Because I think when I was looking into it, let me see if I could. It was prime was at one point seventy five, I think at mm-hmm. the time. So is the, that still the case, or did it go up? Uh, so the thing is about the the rates is, it's a lot of it has to do with what's happening globally. Okay. Right. So some of the top economists um, in the world have forecasted that we may see one more interest rate increase, and then will hold off they're not going to increase it anymore and then we may even see them come down uh so what happens is when they increase the rate increase the rate increase the rate increase the rate they're trying to get a reaction from the consumers whereas where people start to tighten their purse strings and that takes time people need time before (laughs) they realize whoa what's going on yeah you know because you might not feel the impact right away Mm -hmm. right so there there has there's that social response that needs to happen and that takes time so they kept increasing it until they i guess saw it now they're starting to see it and so um also a lot of those things have to do with what's happening and and some of which are still to be determined and i think that now trump is a very wild card so <laughs> very, very wild, very, very wild. Right. Very, and, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things that are dependent on the global market, which he's having such a huge impact on. So I think it's very difficult to say nobody has a, you know, the um, nobody could predict. it. Yeah, no. it's hard to predict. Yeah. But 
from what my understandings are from the research that I've done, there may be one more and then hopefully they'll hold, we'll, off, they'll hold off and then maybe in a couple years from now, we'll see the rates come down. What what do you suggest? Uh, fixed rate or variable rate? And even before you pick one, uh, for those listening in that might not even understand the difference between the two, uh, if you could like break it down. I know for me, the reason why I also check is because me and my dad, when we renewed our mortgage at home, mm-hmm. we went for variable because at the time it was like 1.75. Right. So I told him it makes no sense to lock in at three if... Correct. If you could get at one point. So now, as it continues to increase, you have a chance to lock it at some point. But in between that, you're, you're going to save money on interest. Right. Which, so I mean, the, fixed, the fixed rate is obviously it's fixed, right? Yeah. For five years, you're paying the same amount. The variable will depend on the Bank of Canada rate mm-hmm. um, and, and those things that are impacted by what your payment will be. So um, that's very much, I would say, depends on your risk threshold and that's very important so let's say you are a very budget wise type of person um you know and you live by a budget and you say you know i could only afford this much then it's better for you to take something fixed some people are not open to the risk of a variable interest rate you know if the rates continue to rise and all of a sudden they're paying way more then that might be you know no good for them right Mm -hmm. so it really depends on your risk um threshold I had a variable mortgage. I was getting 1.9%. Okay. Um, and I didn't fix it. I, d- I, c- I could have while I saw it increase, increase, increase. Yeah. And I did not. And um, I'm hopeful that the rates will come back down. And I'm kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Russian <laughs> Fingers roulette. Fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> Russian roulette of sorts. But at the same time, yeah, okay. you know, I'm a risk taker, yeah, right? Okay. And I'm open to that risk. And it's an investment property. And I have room. Mm-hmm. So I have, you yeah, know, okay. that, that room there that I know will still cover it for like the next couple hundred bucks if it goes up and have, you know, with the hopes that it will, it will come down. Now, um, do, do, from my understanding is some bank don't increase it right away. They just kind of, uh, do the difference between the amount of interest that you pay kind of thing. And then they increase at the end or do they increase it right away? Cause I don't think ours was increased at all. They'll just send a notification saying the interest rate went up. So, like, in in terms of um, interest rate, like, they'll increase that, like, from the principal or... I'm not sure if I understand your question. In terms of in terms of the impact of the uh, Canada of paying, rate... For example, even though, let's say if you're paying $1,000 and then your right. rate goes up. Um, so, let's say that out of the 1000 500 is allocated to interest and five is the principal. Oh, I see. They split like it up. They, they'll split okay. it up and take more from the principal. So then you you still keep the same payment. Is that... Uh, I think that would be determined based on your lender. On the, okay. Yeah. They all have different sort of rules and regulations. So, so it could go up almost overnight kind of thing. Oh, yeah. In some cases. Definitely. The payment, for sure. Yeah. My payments have gone up significantly. Oh. Yeah. And they, they've gone up significantly. But um, yeah, I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Okay. Otherwise, I'll be selling my condo too. But no, no, I'm just joking. But I mean, you know, I, I kind of stuck it out. And I said, you know what? Let me see what's going to happen. Uh, you know, but that's also because I very much have my ear to the ground and I'm in the industry. Right. So I always know what's happening. So, yeah, I mean, if your risk level is there for a variable rate, then 
by all means, but make sure you're educated, right? You got to be watching all the time. You got to be paying attention. You yep. have to know what's happening because you don't want to all of a sudden they go to debit the money. There's, there's no money in your account enough mm -hmm. for that new payment, right? So you have to be paying attention if you're variable. If you want to kind of, you know, set it and forget it, then the fixed rate is more, is more your speed. Yeah. Um, let's get into maybe before we wrap it up, I wanted to ask you for a landlord, somebody that buys a property decides to now, he wants to rent it out. Uh, and he comes up to you and he asks you, oh, so I decided to become a landlord. What would be the first do's and don't that you would uh, suggest to, to him? If you had to guide a new landlord. Ooh, well, <clears throat> for all those people interested. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you know what? These days, that's the least of your worries, you know, because okay. the, the rules for the Landlord and Tenant Act have changed okay. recently. And uh, the, all of the laws are in the favor of the tenant. So being a landlord has become even more challenging in, in Ontario. So I think it's, it's wise to definitely make sure that you're educated on your rights and responsibilities as a landlord. Um, also, you know, doing the background check, qualifying the, the tenants. You know, in the past I've had, I, I don't think credit is everything because First of all, there's a lot of fraud going on now. People are, are doing fake credit reports and fake job letters and all these kinds of things. And then and then also, um, I've taken a chance, like my client had asked me to represent her uh, for to find a tenant. Okay. And there was a gentleman who came through and he was so brutally honest about his financial situation. Went through consumer proposal, this and that, like my credits, whatever, but... He was just such a nice guy. And I just had a good feeling. I said, listen, yeah, okay. and you know, a lot of people are not honest these days. He could have lied. He could have, you know, whatever yeah. made up a story, but he was very transparent about his situation. You know, he was an alcoholic. He's recovering. He's this many days sober. He's got, you know, like all these things. And that, he, that, that might have been too much for me. You know, it is. But for me, that's, that's sort of my job, right? right is vetting right. these people. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for the most part, I think I'm a pretty good judge of character. Right. And and so anyways, I said to my client, listen, I know this might not be everybody's cup of tea. And some people would just look at the credit and say no right away. Mm -hmm. But I think my I, th I would take a chance on him if I were you. Right. He ended up being the most amazing tenant. He did everything around the house. He even did repairs, renovations like he did so much for the property. Um, and he was a blessing. And I think sometimes, you know, people are, it's like, don't judge a, a book by its cover. Right. Um, just because the credit's good doesn't mean they're not going to be a horrible tenant. Doesn't mean they're they're gonna not going to damage the property or smoke sure. or do all kinds of things or give you trouble. Maybe they're just a hassle to <clears> deal <throat> with, right? Yeah. Uh, not paying rent on time, you know. So I think that, you know, if you're looking into getting into be a landlord, First and foremost, educate yourself. Make sure you know what the rights and responsibilities. There's a, there's a lot that comes with being a landlord. You know, yeah. right from your own like two experience. Two weeks to write my lease because I have to, I have to go through and learn and even understand. Okay, can I even do this? Right, exactly. Because um, I also know, like, I don't want to like when they will come into me. Oh, can we? You know, my tenant even asked me. Oh, can they smoke? Whatever. And at the time, I was like, well, weed is was about to be legal. So even if I tell you no, right, and then you go ahead and do, I don't live there. So it's like I'm just telling, listen, do it, but just under, like be mindful on how you're doing it, right? Like, exactly. Especially if it's free, what can you really do? You can't like you can't impose it. They also wanted a pet. I was like, listen, uh, 
Because I could tell you no, and you can move in and bring a pet. And I yeah, can't, and you can't do anything. I can't do anything. That's right. Please, if you're going to get a pet, just get a small one. And yeah. I even try to discourage them. Like, listen, I know somebody got a pet. And this you, happened. Are you and sure that, you got to go to the vet? <laughs> because I know, like, there's, there's by law, right. I cannot prevent them from doing that. Whereas in some people will put, and they at least don't. Which I think you set yourself up for failure because... We, I, I, you should never underestimate somebody how much somebody knows. So mm-hmm. then when you say no, he's like, oh, I'm going to show. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, and then you show when then there's a pit bull in your. Well, see, that's the thing. So the Landlord and Tenant Act also, like if you call because you're interested in becoming a, a landlord, they're mm-hmm. very uh, forthcoming with information and okay. they'll provide you with tons oh, of resources. A, I, I didn't know there was a. It, um, they're, they're also available for tenants, which is where a lot of tenants are getting they're you know they're figuring out how to manipulate the system right. and they're figuring out that hey i can pay i cannot pay my rent and still stay here and you can't do anything about it right. and i can you know not pay for three months but then pay one month and then you still can't evict me yeah. so there's like all these things but i would say yeah definitely education is a key um you know using a professional uh to help you along the way draft the contracts maybe might have saved you some time sounds like you did good on your own but you know yeah. i i think there, there's, uh, there's, there's some, uh, you know, benefits obviously with using a, a professional who will be able to sort of do all these things for you, write up the contract and also has experience, right? There's some things that I can spot right away and say, you know what? Yeah, they might seem great, but this is a red flag because I've seen this before, yeah. right? We do this all day, every day. So we have experience and we can say, you know what? I, I wouldn't recommend it or I would recommend it. Ultimately, the decision is yours. Yeah. And to be honest, you're rolling the dice. <laughs> that's, you that's, know, that's like you fact. never know who you're going to you get. Know, yeah. You say your prayers, you close your eyes, do your best to, to, to vet them. <laughs> that's a fact. And, uh, and, and yeah, so... I mean, I will say though, like right now is a great time to get into the market before the spring starts and, you know, things start heating up again. I would say that if you do have interest in purchasing, now is an amazing time. There's, uh, you know, there's not that many people in the market, but people are slowly starting to come back in. And once the competition starts, then, you know, that's what drives prices up, right? So if you are interested, then, you know, now is a good time to act. Whether it's as a landlord, yeah. So if you want to sell, what would you suggest? Personally? right now we're in what? When January? No, February. February. February 1st. Uh, What would be a good time to... Let's say if I want to sell, would you say hold off a couple months and wait till May or June or... No, I would say now's a good time to sell because the inventory is low. Mm-hmm. So right now, like as of this morning, I checked, I think there's about 11,800 listings on the real estate market right now, which is significantly low. Okay. And that will that will pick up. Um, and t- it's actually indicative of a seller's market. So a seller's market is usually around fifteen to 16,000 listings on, on TREB. And right now we're well below that. So... Uh, I would say that now is a good time to list because if there's not that many options for buyers, then it's likely that your property will go in no time, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now's a good time to sell and now's a good time to buy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Good to know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, before we wrap it up, because I did ask, and shout out to everybody to send their question in. Um, I told them I had a guru in the real estate market. so we... I hope I lived up to that <laughs> expectation. I think you did. I, I, I enjoyed this very much, and I hope those that tuned in. I mean, if you didn't learn anything today, you weren't listening in a way. Okay. Um, so I got a couple of questions. Let me see. Um, 
Okay, so the first... Okay, this question is kind of long. Uh, let me see if I can read it. Now y'all put me on the spot. I got to read live on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if this goes right or wrong, but here's the question that I got. How can we learn about the market? I think we... We did not answer that. But I'll, I'll read the, the whole thing and okay. then we can uh, discuss so you can answer afterwards. Mm-hmm. So how can we learn about the market? Uh... So, like, we know TDOT is expensive, but how can we determine if we should buy today or if we should wait tomorrow? In your opinion, what is the first step to buy if you need to know if you want a house, condo, price, plan, etc.? Uh, I feel like we kind of touched a little bit on that, like, obviously, um, but we can kind of read. I think this, the simplest answer mm-hmm. is call me. <laughs> I'll answer all of your questions. Okay. If there's anything that let's say, you know, we didn't touch on today or right. you want to go into depth about, and to be honest, like, like we've, t- we've said a few times, everybody's situation is different and, uh, everyone is unique, poses unique challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have unique advantages. Right. So give me a call. We can talk about what the market it's, is like. We can talk about qualifying you, uh, for the mortgage standpoint and picking see. lenders uh which i'm sure you have yeah. relationships yes definitely with, with lenders I, I think the biggest and this is i only pick a couple i think the biggest thing was like when is the right time to buy everybody's kind of like holding on or waiting now uh, now now is the best ready. time to buy honestly even you know in the winter people say like oh it's slow i, I was really busy this winter i have mm-hmm. to say um I think the serious, most serious clients are shopping in the winter around Christmas. Um, I sold all of my listings right before Christmas, uh, with the exception of one. And um, I, uh, three or four of my clients purchased. So like when you, when you're listed, when you're selling around that Christmas time or now until before spring, um, you're in a market where only the serious people are looking. You know, in the spring and summer, we get into a market where, you know, it's the weekend. People go, oh, there's an open house. <laughs> Let me just walk Let's in stop and- by, you know, like, and then it's like out of interest, like, yeah. or decorating ideas and that sort of thing, right? That's Whereas true, yeah, okay. when people are shopping in the winter, they're really serious. So if you're selling, winter shouldn't stop you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and from the buyer's perspective, a lot of those like fly-by-night people are also not shopping, right? So you're you're going to see properties and there's less people in the market looking right they're preoccupied with other things so um right now is is a really good time to buy before things heat up again uh then there'll be a lot of competition you'll see something you'll love it by the time you go and see it it's gone right are so. we still seeing that uh overbidding and a lot of competition is that still happening Today? Uh, yeah, in certain neighborhoods, for sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the inventory is really low, so you're going to see that now, especially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that, uh, yeah, there's still there's still bidding. I find in the market I'm seeing, too, that people are listing really low, um, and I've done that as a strategy to sell. So from the buyer's perspective, it, it sucks when you're on the buyer side, and you're like, oh, man, I know this is going to sell for 100000 more. Uh, but from the seller side, it's a, it's a very... Um, it's a good strategy. It's worked for me in the past, so I can't really wrong them for it, but I am finding, you know, that's still happening. So they'll list it significantly low and, you know, my clients will send it to me going, Oh my God, this place, like, look at the price. And I go, yeah, but they're holding back offers. So it's still, there's still that it's still happening. Oh, that, that's how I was going to ask you. What happened if you list low and somebody send the offer? <laughs> 
Let's say you well, list at totally 250 and they're right? like, oh, 250 and then they send it in. You don't have to take it, right? Oh, okay. I mean, you, you, even if... Oh, that's just a kind of like a bait to get people in. Yeah, okay. so so it's like to, to get attraction. So you get tons of people coming through the property. That's why I say it's a very good strategy okay. for, from, from the listing agent. I was just thinking like when agent. somebody offers, you got to consider it. You don't have you, to consider you, it. No, yeah. you can just let it expire. Even if somebody gives you asking, you don't have to accept it. Right. You know, that's it's totally up to you. You can decide you can have the offer in your hand. And it's exactly what you asked for. I'm be for. honest with you. I think I just fired my realtor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> you're, on fire. you're on so fire. Oh, no. Uh, it's, it's not a bad thing. I okay. mean, they, well, it's nobody, not a bad thing for me. <laughs> nobody works for free. Anyway, right, I, right. I just want somebody uh, in my corner who's going right. to challenge my thinking in a way and it's it's whether it's i just want to know i, I want to make conscious decisions like, okay right. you know what win or lose we're on the same team we will we'll go through with this together um but yeah you've uh we gotta talk off air yeah for sure i i, I love that you know that's a, that's why i said sort of in the beginning is i i really challenge myself to keep myself a foot with everything that's going on in the industry, yeah. um, with real estate, with mortgages, with all the other, th- like I'm always getting some kind of certificate or license or something because mm-hmm. I think it's really important and I really care about my clients. I want to help people. And the best way for me to do that is, is to stay on top of everything that's happening in, in the industry. So I'm glad you found it useful. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I hope everybody she, else did too. Shout out to you. you. She brought me coffee, which is very nice. Uh, thank you for that. Some, a lot of cookies that I might not be able to eat now because I'm doing this fitness challenge, but thank you. <laughs> um, and for those who's been um, listening, please let them know how they can reach you. Uh, I mean, definitely I will be posting and tag you in it, but of course, uh, let them know your, your handles, your website. And, uh, okay. So uh, my website, you know, one of... Uh one of your, I think, or you were mentioning about the calculators. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to my website, www.stephanierebello.com, um, under buyer, there's a mortgage calculator there. It's amazing. You can put in, you know, your desired purchase price. It will give you everything down to property taxes. You can add your utilities in there, see what your carrying costs will be. Um, it's, it's really useful. You'll be able to contact me through my website. You can follow me at Steph Opens Doors on Instagram. I'm also on LinkedIn, Stephanie Rebello, and that's R-E-B-E-L-L-O. Um, what else? I mean, I mean, interesting enough, Rebello, my last name is Bello. Oh, is it? Oh my is gosh. Bello, which is like, it's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. What, what a coincidence. Um, so, what actually, as I'm on your website right now, it looks uh, very nice. Is there a calculator that tells you when you're selling how much you should hope for based on... Um... Okay, so I'll stop you right there. I think there, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of home evaluation things online that if you just put in your address, it will give you a number. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those are realistic. Okay. So I would definitely say, <laughs> yeah... <I don't. laughs> Because I've had, you know, the funny yeah. thing is, the funny thing is, is that I've had clients where they, I go for listing appointment and they say, oh, well, such and such website told me my house is worth this. Yeah. I mean, like, I can't give you a, an evaluation of the, your property if I haven't seen the inside of your home. You know, mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. If you spend $150,000 on upgrades, your home is not going to be the same as your neighbor's home who right. did nothing. Right. So it's very important that you see the property and these websites can't do that. So, um, no, there, I don't think there's any calculator on my website that will give I, you maybe value. if, if I miss the, maybe what I was trying to say is that let's say, for example, if you're selling, 
um, like you have a, a an idea. Let's say you know, okay, maybe at the very worst, I could get three hundred thousand. Uh, what is my, what would I get back from that? Uh, once you sell, because obviously you know how much you so, owe your mortgage, right? Uh, real estate fees. There's no, is there such a thing that could give you an estimate? Obviously, nothing is certain, but. Um, no, but maybe that might be interesting to add to my website. Maybe I should add something like Honestly, that. Honestly, this is because I, it me thinking right. about it, I always like, okay, like, because you know, like, lawyer fees, you can estimate is between one to three percent. Like, right. you could kind of give people, because I think at the end of the day, I know for me, that's all I would care about. Like, for what sure. that number will look like. And like, that's a very common question from the seller's perspective yeah. is they want to know what their take home is. Because sometimes you be. don't even know what the, I mean, I think for most people, they don't even know what the realtor charge and right and they don't know that as a seller you're the one to pay both realtor i think that's what it is yeah so the seller always pays um and then so maybe there's no calculator for the sellers because uh the costs are lower on the seller side than on the buyer side Mm -hmm. there's a lot more fees associated on the buyer side um so for the sellers it's real estate costs legal fees Mm -hmm. um are are they the same as as when you're buying is that sim? are they similar the costs associated? Yeah, for for the, for legals. Yeah, uh, maybe a couple hundred dollars difference. Okay. Yeah, that's probably going like to be the same. Okay. Yeah, it's similar depending on your lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just like like I I like to work with lawyers generally that I know because, uh, you know, price is just like a realtor, right? So, you know, there's always this talk about negotiating real estate fees and you know discount realtors i'll sell your house for 9.99 and all this kind of stuff but you get what you pay for honestly you get what you pay for is that a thing because of I, course I, I see, I especially in brampton you know yeah. like out here i see for a dollar i've seen that one too oh my god that's horrible i mean you're gonna get what you pay for right and think about it for them it has to be volume so do, what do they care what you get for your house you know you want a realtor that's gonna market your property properly sense, yeah. that's gonna fight to get you top dollar that's you also do all stage property. I know we even supposed to wrap it up, but I'm still got questions. I you know. Also do staging. So I'm I'm a licensed real estate broker. I'm a licensed mortgage agent, but I I don't do mortgages because I leave that to the experts. It's a it's a very encompassing industry, mm-hmm. and uh, I give credit to all of the good mortgage agents out there. Uh, there's a lot of information to know, so I leave that to them. So I have in-house financing that will take care of um, qualifying my clients. And then um, I also have my staging certificate. So if it's like low ending staging, I can assist with. So for some of my clients, they can't afford staging, right? Um, so I like to offer, that's a value add for my clients is that I understand what to do. And I have some um, of my own inventory, mm, right? In yeah, you know, like <laughs> I have, I have ac- accumulated some of my own inventory that I can come and assist if my clients really can't afford to stage. Okay. But just like any other industry, I respect all of my colleagues in my, in my partnering industries. And, you know, it's a, it's a, an art in itself staging. So mm. if my clients want professional staging, then I hire a professional stager okay. because listen, they know what they're doing. Right. So I'm kind of like, I'll do it for my clients at no cost. I'll try my best to help them. Mm-hmm. But um, if, you know, you want the, the full nine for sure. And all those things are negotiable too, right? Um, uh, we can talk about that with if you're interested in doing staging included, not included, whatever. You know, it's there's fl- flexible packages. With well, me. there you have it. The all-star <laughs> guru. Listen, I've enjoyed this conversation very much. Thank you for coming. Um, it was my pleasure. And, Thank you and, for having me. And I think, sorry, I don't mean to cut you yes. off. I, in our first intro that we did, 
and then we had to start over. We mm-hmm. gave a shout out to Susan for introducing us, yes. and we didn't do that this time because it was this was the replay. Oh, we, we did we miss oh, man, we that missed that, match. but you know, yeah. So I just wanted to make sure we shouted out Susan because Hello, Susan. yeah, because um, we, thank you for the introduction. This was great. It was yeah, really and you really find fun. Me a new realtor, uh, my current realtor. You are fired. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he said it again too. I feel horrible. Well, I just want him to know. But anyway, uh, make sure you check her out, StephanieRobello.com. That's her website and her uh, Instagram, Steph's Open Doors. At Steph Opens Doors. At Steph Open Door. Yeah, um, and all of my contact information will be on your. Yeah, on the podcast. I'll, I'll uh, definitely yeah. make sure to. to so they gotta tag. follow you too. Uh, yeah, follow, <laughs> I mean, if you're listening, yes, follow me. Activate a podcast. Soon as you type it in, you should see it. Or Mister Underscore Activated. Uh, but once the post goes, we'll make sure to tag everything awesome. else. Awesome. That would be good. Uh, anything um, else that we miss? I mean, we we so many things. We gave you out a lot, man. And if you want me back, then just special. You know request. what we should do every six months or so. Uh, yeah. If hopefully there's no crash or nothing crazy like that, but oh, we... there's no crash coming. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> that that put me at ease. I'm Everything like, really? up and up for real estate. Okay, like I said, only good and great market, and um, I'd be more than happy to come do market updates and that sort of thing. If there's an interest and people want to know, then I'm more than happy. People to. People definitely want to know because a lot of people hit me up, and I was telling them most of these will be answered, and then we'll go from there. Good. Thank you. Well, well, thanks again for tuning in. This is the Activated Podcast. Your thanks, guys. Uh, you've officially been activated. Peace. <laughs>